This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi Artemis, it's Carly Kutnick. This week we're dipping back into the archives. This episode on traditional bow hunting with Becca Garris is one of our most listened to episodes ever. She talks about switching from compound bows to traditional bows, small game hunting, and, this may be the hardest thing yet, hunting with little kiddos. It's a great episode, and I'm excited to share it with you again. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Artemis Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Chance, and we are joined today by my co-host, Marsha Brownlee. Hey, Marsha. Hey, Ashley. How's it going? It's good, you know. Off to (laughs) a rocky start this morning, but uh, hitting my stride, I feel optimistic. Yeah, so listeners, we are starting this podcast only 45 minutes after the planned start time, thanks to some technical difficulties, Um, but that's okay. Our guest today, our very patient, and I can already tell wonderful guest, is Becca Garris. Hey, Becca. Hi, guys. Hey, Becca. How are you? How are you doing, Becca? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're we're good. Good. Um, so we can hear you. Sorry. I'm excited to talk to you. Delve into this conversation. Yes. And I would also like to introduce our, um, guest (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Yeah. Becca, do you want to tell us who that is? My daughter, Isabella, she will probably be here throughout the whole thing. Becca, we're happy to have you. And we're happy that Isabella is joining us as well, because our topic today, one of the things I want to dive into is motherhood and hunting. Um, so it's very appropriate that she's joining us. Yes, it is. So, uh, Becca, one thing that we like to ask folks to learn a little bit about them is what they have in their freezer. Can you share with us? Um, right now I have a couple squirrels. I have a few packs of venison left, I think, from last year. And maybe a rabbit. But our freezer, our wild game is running kind of low. So I'm really hoping to get at least one deer this fall. 
It is that time of year where everybody's scraping the bottom of the freezer. Yes, exactly. It is that time. We also have almost nothing left. There's like, we have a bunch, not a bunch. We have a few whole ducks, which are like our, our most um, holiest of wild game, I guess. Like these ducks that we've so carefully plucked and prepared. And we're, I don't know, we should just eat them. But that's all that's left because we've been saving them for a special occasion. But we are, we are also very bare bones in our freezer. Yeah, that was good this time of year. So can you tell us a bit about who you are? Yeah, um, I was actually born and raised in northern New Jersey. And I grew up hunting, fishing with my brothers and sisters. My dad uh, was a big hunter. He still is. Um, and I started bow hunting when I was about 16. And then a couple of years ago, I switched to traditional bow hunting, which is what most people know me as a traditional bow hunter. What prompted you to make the switch? So I just felt like it wasn't really challenging myself anymore with a compound bow. So I always loved the idea of hunting with a traditional bow and I decided to finally just do it. I felt like it was time to just do it and I ended up loving it. And I actually sold my compound bows and hunt strictly traditional now. Wow. So Becca, I'm curious. I, um, I've only been hunting for about the last six years and I'm a rifle hunter and I'm considering transitioning into bow. And I'm curious if there, if there's like, can you talk a little bit about the difference um, at, like that you feel in a field using a compound versus a traditional bow? So the biggest difference is distance with a traditional bow. Most of your shots are going to be 20 yards and under with a compound. You can sort of stretch it out a little bit more. Um, and then another big difference that I've talked about in some articles I've done um, is that with a compound bow, when you're hunting with a compound, you rely on release in your sight and everything like that. And with a traditional bow, it's just you and your bow. So if you mess up, it's you. It's not, it's not your equipment, most likely. It's just you. Okay. Well, I was just saying how inept I feel with a compound bow currently that the idea of um, graduating someday to a traditional bow is like a pipe dream for me. I mean, if you really want, really want, I feel like if anyone puts the work in, they can do it. It's just, it's a lot more work than a compound bow. And that's why a lot of people, they'll try it and then they'll realize how much work it is. And then that's what makes a lot of people quit. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So this leads me into... Becca, I excuse me if I just start grilling you on the logistics <laughs> of yeah. being in the field with your child, but I really need this information. So <laughs> first and foremost, talking about having to get um, so close to an animal with a traditional bow, how do you do that with a baby or a toddler? Or Well, <laughs> it is very difficult. Um I feel like maybe, I thought maybe this year was going to be easier because she's older, but she likes to talk a lot more now, so <laughs> it may be harder. Um, I have only got two deer so far with her on my back. Um, we've got quite a few squirrels, but How when old she is was she? younger, she would, she's three, she just turned okay. three. 
when she was younger, she yeah. would fall asleep in the backpack. So it wasn't like I would walk around until she fell asleep and then I could either keep moving or I could just stop and sit and wait. So I, I was hunting differently than I would without her, but not significantly different. Sure. Okay. That's interesting. What something that I'm battling right now, you're in Ohio. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit different, but mosquitoes and bugs Mm. and like, I know she's not going to die if she gets bit by a mosquito, but... But she's going to be rather unhappy. <laughs> yeah, and she's so chubby and tender. I would just like to avoid that. So how yeah. do you... Um, what Talk about that. I chubby use all-natural bug spray. I don't put it on her skin. I just put it on her clothes and, like, her carrier and on myself. I don't okay. use, like, the really strong stuff that has, like, Deaton, all that in it. Um, I just use all-natural stuff. Which doesn't always work as well. You have to apply it more often, but it still does work. Sure. We did what? that podcast episode a while back. I can't remember. I think it was BB out of North South Carolina who mentioned that um, special Victoria's Secret lotion scent that also acts as a <laughs> bug deterrent. It's a true story. Um, I'll have to look up the name of it. But uh, do you ever use nets in the field with for her? I haven't. See. I don't feel like the mosquitoes are, like, that bad here. They're kind of bad in, like, spring turkey towards the end. But they don't usually bother us that much. It's more flies. Yeah, like the black mm. flies of Michigan, I remember. Those are Yeah, awful. but it also depends on what type of area you're hunting. Like, if we just hunt the hardwoods, like open woods and stuff like that, we don't really get bothered that much. Gotcha. And you can use, like, thermosel and stuff. Yeah, so that's what else I was thinking. Like, maybe thermosel. I... Yeah. Whenever, so I spent a lot of time darting deer in grad school. I researched deer, and so I had to catch them and put GPS collars on them. And mm-hmm. this was down in Mississippi, and so it's like we were in the swamp, literally. And so you could not, I repeat, could not <laughs> sit in a stand without a thermosel. And I was just like breathing that smoke in all day, every day. And I was like, yeah. whatever, I'm willing to sacrifice my health for the, you know, whatever the health implications of this are, I don't care in the moment. But now with the baby, I'm like, is this okay? I don't know. Yeah, I actually, I have a thermosel, but I haven't used it when I was out with Isabella. Um, I don't know why. I just haven't. Yeah, well, that's good. It sounds like some of the strategies we can employ is location, location, yeah, I mean, location. Yeah, there's definitely options. And since I don't, I mean, I don't live in an area where it's super bad. So my advice not work, might not work for everyone, but like the Midwest general areas, I think would probably, my advice would probably work. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to back up on the subject of squirrel hunting right before I rushed into the house prematurely to record this podcast, it turned out, um, I was trying to shoot a squirrel in the front yard and my husband shot one. And then he came in and was like, they're, they're cutting up out there. Go, go, go get one. So (laughs) they were until I walked out there, I swear squirrels, they just know, like they know where our property boundary is. They know (laughs) when we're going to get the mail or when I have a pellet rifle in my hand. Um, and I was standing there thinking about, I know that you have have harvested squirrels with your traditional yes. bow and I was standing there with the pellet rifle craning my neck to look up at this guy and thinking how <laughs> did she do this <laughs> and with a kid on your back yeah you have to be really sneaky and that's why I 
when I post pictures, I'm usually only holding one. <laughs> like, it's not very often that I go out and I get, like, a whole bunch of squirts. Usually it's, like, just one. And I don't get one every time. Yeah. It's hard. They're hard. But it's a lot of fun because you don't feel like you have to be as quiet. And you don't have to be scent-free or anything like that. And it's it's just a fun experience for her. I feel like uh, small game hunting, uh, and to a certain extent, like, upland hunting, is this um, balance of being just on a walk in the woods yes um, exactly and taking advantage of game when you when you come across it as opposed to like deer hunting where you are there for a purpose and one purpose (laughs) yes exactly yeah Yeah, there's a lot less pressure when you're small game hunting like for your kid to be quiet and everything else and like she's she can get down out of her backpack and walk if she wants oh that's nice i'm sure is it okay so many questions going through my mind right now where do i start one (laughs) Okay, with the traditional archery, I know like for shooting a compound bow, I just switch out my arrow tips to judo tips for small game. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't do this commonly, but I've tried to shoot rabbits before. Um, it, can you do the same thing with your arrows or what do you? So in my experience with traditional archery, I found that it's best to just use broadheads for squirrels just because they're so tough. Mm. Um, I've had experiences where I used a blunt or like a field tip with a collar and it didn't kill the squirrel. So I generally just use whatever I'm using for deer is what I use for squirrel. With rabbit, I will use blunt, but I also run dogs when I hunt rabbits. Oh, so I don't cool. really want to risk using a broadhead. Yeah. What what kind of dogs do you run? Uh, I have a beagle. Okay. We have a, yeah. a good friend of mine here has a bunch of beagles, and I've been rabbit hunting with her, but certainly not with a bow. So that sounds like, again, next level. I always tell people that um, rabbit hunting, I feel like it's it's meant for traditional because it, it it's truly instinctive hunting. Like your shots are going to be so quick, so it's a really good way to just you just shoot. You don't you can't even think about it. You just shoot, and it's just a lot of fun. Man, that does sound like fun. It's do, a lot of fun. How do you practice for something like that? Or is it just field based? Um, so, um practicing for like rabbits and moving moving targets i'll throw cardboard boxes in the air and just shoot at them which you have to really quick to do that because i usually fill them with like newspaper or something just a small cardboard box and then i tape it shut and then i throw it or my husband and i have like thrown them for each other too Mm -hmm. but usually i just throw it myself that's cool yeah Yeah, that's really cool so one of the things that i'm trying to make sure i do as I develop my strength and skills around archery is make sure that I'm releasing using back tension as much as possible. And I say that without feeling like I really understand what that means. So could you talk (laughs) about that? Yeah. um, I mean, the whole back tension thing does uh, translate through to traditional archery. It's the same basic concept, you know, form and release are very important. So when I shot a compound, my dad would always tell me that, your release needs to surprise you. You don't want to actually pull your release by moving your finger. You want to tighten your back muscles to move your finger back and then your release will go off. So that's something that I practiced when I was with a compound and it's the same basic concept with a traditional bow as well. You also want your release to be a surprise. You don't want to just snap shoot and your arrow goes everywhere. How can you make it a surprise when you have to open your hand for it to happen? 
I mean, you do have to open your hand, but you want the string to somewhat more slide off your fingers. It's not so much about your hand moving, it's more about the string moving, I want to say. Mm. I don't know if that could make sense. It totally <laughs> makes sense. I'm just trying to Yeah, I conceptually it. it makes sense, yeah. but in practice, I think it's something that's, to me right now, very difficult. Yeah, for especially, yeah, it's that's one of the hardest things both compound and traditional is making sure that you have proper release because that's, if you're not consistent with that, you're not going to be consistent shooting. Mm -hmm. Sure. Interesting. Okay. Do you have a release word? Like I know um, some archers will um, practice a, a release word for timing and, but this is only with compound. I haven't ever talked to anybody about it with traditional bow. Like I, a friend. I've actually, I've actually never oh. heard of that. So no, no. Yeah, I never have either. <laughs> well, I'm, I, you should get somebody who knows more what they're talking about than I do <laughs> to elaborate on it. Marsha, can you, what was their word? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Katniss. <laughs> oh my and it was it. him. It was his word, which just made oh. it that much better. That's excellent. But it was like, like breathe, release, catness. Okay. It. I see. I do try to, Becca, is this important? I do try to take a breath in and then release on the out breath, just like if I was shooting a rifle. Yeah. I mean, that does, that does help. It's, you know, like you need a whole like system of what works for you. What works for you might not be exactly what works for someone else. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. You okay. just need to like have your own process. Gotcha. I feel like we have a good mix here because I know nothing. Ashley knows more and you know more. So yeah. <laughs> we've got like a nice little staggered knowledge base. So I'm going to ask a super I know nothing question. I'm curious how, um, if you could go into a little bit more depth about how you fit a traditional bow beyond the weight, the yeah. draw weight. So you, the draw weight plays a big part, but also the length of the bow itself the shorter the bow, generally, the more stack you're going to have. So the more of the weight you're going to feel when you draw. Um, but other than that, like there's not much else that comes into play with a traditional bow, so to speak. Like every bow is going to shoot a little different. But for the most part, you just go by the length of the bow and the draw weight. Okay. And most bows, traditional bows, the draw weight that's listed on them is... That is the draw weight when it's drawn to 28 inches. So if you have a draw length that is shorter or longer than 28 inches, your draw weight will be different than what's listed on the bow. Got it. Interesting. Do you there... know? Go ahead, Marsha. One last question, and then I know Ashley's got a million more. But um, so then is there any sort of preference for a, a longer bow or a shorter bow depending on what game you're pursuing um most people prefer to shoot a longer bow just because it feels better not 100 they're like there's exceptions to everything i'm telling you mm -hmm. um i like shorter bows if i'm hunting out of a blind but overall there's not really it just comes down to personal preference okay why is, do you know why 28 inches is like the standard that everything else goes off of? I think it's just because it's pretty much like an average draw length for the most part. Gotcha. Okay. Another question I had circling back when we were talking about small game hunting, do you have a lot of trouble recovering your arrows? 
Um, well, I very, very selective about my shots. I don't take, like if I'm squirrel hunting, I don't usually take shots up into the trees. And if I am rabbit hunting, I generally use flufu arrows, which have the really big fletchings on them and they don't go as far. And they usually end up sticking straight up out of the ground. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I do prefer them for rabbit. So if I'm not mistaken, you also spend a good amount of time bow fishing. Yes, I do. That's my favorite thing to do in the summer. Yeah, bow fishing is awesome. I I did it a little bit in high school and haven't really been able to do it since then. But, I mean, tell us about that because I had so much fun the few times that I did it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so um, I taught myself probably eight or nine years ago. Um, I found an old bow fishing reel and some arrows in my dad in the basement of my mom and dad's house and I asked my dad if I could have it um I just set up a old youth compound bow and it's awesome it's just a lot of fun and it was something that's like it's very interesting for Isabella as well yeah how does it work I mean okay can you walk us through like you wake up in the morning today you're gonna go bow fishing how do you get out of the house with her and associated equipment <laughs> So here's the thing I've learned about hunting, bow fishing, pretty much anything with a kid is you have to adjust your plans to fit them. Like my plans are never super concrete with her. Whenever she wakes up, we'll get up, we'll have breakfast, I'll make coffee, whatever. And then we'll head out the door and go. Like it could be super early. It could be, you know, mid morning by the time we get out the door. And then I don't have a, I don't have a boat, so to speak. Speak. I have a raft. I have an inflatable raft. So I either wade the banks or we go on the raft. Oh, that's cool. I guess that makes it easy to move around by yourself then too, huh? Yes. Yes, it is. And my husband actually works night shift. So his schedule is like opposite my schedule, which is hard sometimes. So that's why I always feel like I need to be very, be able to be very independent when I'm hunting or fishing or whatever, because either he's sleeping or working or he's just opposite schedule of what we are. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm doing a lot of hard pivots in this episode because I'm just trying to mine Becca for all of the knowledge that she has. So <laughs> listeners, <laughs> please bear with us. So I have a, a currently a four month old daughter and I'm trying to figure out how to get into the field this fall as much as possible with her. One of the challenges I'm struggling with currently is not being able to have her on my back because she's just a little bit too young to be in a back carrier currently. Yeah. Yeah. What? How old was Isabella your first season and what did that look like? So she was probably, she was six months old and I started taking her out like on hikes and rabbit hunting. She was born in August. So like, she was really too little and she came home from the hospital and it was deer season, but she was way too little still. I didn't really feel comfortable taking her out when she's a newborn. So the first real hunting I did with her was turkey season in the spring. She was eight months old and she wanted to nurse so frequently that having her in the back carrier just wasn't convenient. So I actually put her in a soft front carrier and then whenever I stopped, I would just take her out and we would just sit there. I'd bring an extra blanket and some toys and snacks and stuff. And she would just sit beside me. And I was, I was super nervous. I don't really know why I didn't even really share a whole lot about it on social media, but 
I just felt so nervous about taking her the first few times. And my, I just, I just tell everyone now, just if you're, if you're nervous, you're worried, just, you know, take it slow. Don't stay out there super long. And it was, it was way better than I thought it would be. It was a lot of fun. That does sound fun. I I can empathize with this nervous feeling just because, um, when Charlie was first born, I was on maternity leave. I had a horse and just the first few times taking her out to the barn with me. I mean, I would just, I didn't do any riding. I would just like catch my horse in the field and brush her and then Mm -hmm. feed her whatever. But even just that was so intimidating to me at that time. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like being a new mom and just having this tiny human to take care of. And you feel like you're going to do everything wrong. (laughs) I don't know. But I was just like every new thing just made me so nervous. And then I would finally get up the courage to do it. And then I was always so glad that I did. It's so interesting because I imagine uh, I don't have kids, but I, I can imagine that there's like um, there's just this unknown about each new yes, situation exactly. that you bring that kiddo yes. into. It's like, I know how to operate here, but how do I protect my child how here? And what unpredictable, what and what am I not, like, what do I don't know? What do I not know about having a yeah. kid in this environment? Yeah, and it's, like, it's all of it is a learning process. And, like, every year it's different. Like, it does, I feel like it does get easier, but you still, like, you still learn as they grow and things change and you're still learning. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, the bravest thing people ever do. <laughs> uh, I would say... From my personal experience, you go into it not realizing. (laughs) Well, because if everybody realized it, we would have ended as a species a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Becca, when you were turkey hunting with her, were you using your bow or a shotgun? Um, I was using a bow. And um, I actually hunted through pregnancy, too, which I was also very nervous about. I don't know why. Um, But, yeah, I I haven't actually gun hunted with her. Um, I don't imagine that it would be that much different, except uh, you would want to bring hearing protection for your baby, obviously. Yeah, so we're, haha, staring down the barrel of that. Um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> sorry, I didn't I love mean to puns. make a pun. Um, we're heading back to Minnesota in a couple weeks to try to yeah. pheasant and goose hunt with guns. And um, we have earmuffs for her. But my in- mm-hmm. my my assumption is that she's gonna hate them. Mm. So yeah, we got a pair for Isabella, and she didn't really like them that much. But I mean, I don't know <laughs> what else to say. I mean, kind of. Have you tried putting a, like a hat over top too? Oh, that's a good idea. I you know I honestly haven't even tried the earmuffs on her. Maybe that'll like... like help prevent her from trying to pull them off. Yeah, what, that's maybe? a good point. Okay, we'll do that later, okay? Oh, is that a, is that a turkey call? Yeah, she has, of course she pulls out the book with the turkey call sound. She wants a turkey call now, but obviously I'm not going to give her a turkey call while we're doing this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Can you, Becca, can you talk about how, sorry, let me phrase this correctly. How has having Isabella changed or shaped the way that you view hunting and feel about it and like what I don't know what is it to share this with her um I don't know it's just 
I feel like I put less pressure on myself to actually fill tags and I've learned to enjoy the, like the actual moments as they come more than I did before. And now that she's like old enough to talk, she's like pointing out all these things and it's just, it's just a really fun experience. Has she, I mean, cause she's still so young. And so I'm like, we'll have you back in three years and ask you this question again. But um, <laughs> when you harvest a game or when you harvest an animal, what uh, is her reaction to, to that? I mean, if, it's probably something so, that's just so natural to her in her life that. Yes. So like, I feel like people that would be non-hunters would be, I don't know how they would feel about it. I mean, it's cute if you're a hunter, but she's just so matter of fact about, oh, that animal's dead and we're going to eat it. Like she thinks that's what animals are for. And it's it's just funny to see how that's how she was raised. So that's how it is to her. And I know every kid's different. So it's hard to say like if other kids would, feel differently about it that's I would say that's very interesting to me but honestly that is exactly what I expected you to say because I know from my own experience growing up on a farm it was uh death was a part of life not always an easy part yeah exactly but that was just kind of par for the course Mm -hmm. for us and so yeah I I I'm thinking maybe that's how things will go for Charlie as well, but. Yeah. I feel like if you just, if they just grow up knowing that that's a fact of life and I mean, we're not killing animals to just kill them. She knows that we're doing it to eat them, their meat. She knows that. So I feel like that's important to make that known that we're not just, you know, going out to kill things. We're going out to, bring home the meat and she's helped you know like fishing and stuff she's helped cut up her fish and I let her help me cook it and stuff so she has a better I guess grasp on the concept oh yeah that sounds to me that sounds so rewarding just I mean it has to be right just to see her yes it really it really is it's been amazing what's her favorite wild game to eat She says she likes steak and fish. (laughs) Steak and fish. (laughs) Both good. (laughs) Can you tell us about one of your favorite moments in the field or on the water? This was the one question I wasn't really sure how to answer. Because I don't feel like I have a favorite moment. I guess. Or just like a good one that you remember. (laughs) It doesn't have to be the okay, this moment. Is probably. Okay, so this really wasn't hunting, but a couple of weeks ago, Isabella and I went to check trail cameras, and she just, she just went over and she sat down by this giant tree. And she was just sitting there all by herself, just looking around. And then she screams, Oh, dear. And like, I'm just completely oblivious. I'm looking at the card on my little card viewer. And there's this monster buck over by the fence line, just looking at us. And then it runs away, and she starts screaming how it had antlers, and it was just amazing how she's just been sitting there quietly, and she sees this, and I am just completely oblivious. Like, I didn't even know. And then she literally talked about it all day, and she kept wanting to go back to that tree because she thought that it was going to come back. Oh, that's so cool. It was a monster. 
She said it was monster. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is so cool. Yeah. I can't I can't yeah, imagine that was really cool. What it's going to be like for her to grow up and have these memories from even before a time when she could remember. You know, like I remember my yeah. first times in the field cuz I was like 10. Yeah, exactly. I didn't I grew up in New Jersey where you have to be 10 years old before you can hunt. So my dad started taking me when I was like seven years old. So I like, I, I don't have, I have memories cause I was seven, but before that, like I fished and stuff, but. So, so does, does Isabella have her own bow? She does. She has, um, she has her own recurve, which was my first recurve and it was my dad's first recurve. He got it for Christmas when he was little. So it's like really special. It's lovely. How and uh, how do you this is this question is half in in joke and half in seriousness. Um how do you talk to her about form? <laughs> so form isn't something I really have addressed yet because I feel like at her age you just need to make you it just can't. fun. fun. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not as long as her form isn't bad that like she's gonna hurt herself, I just let it be. And she, surprisingly she has really good form and she has really good release for I started her when she was two and now she's three and she's amazing she does so good and it's just like she just picked it up and she was like a natural wow how long how tall is her bow it is taller than her (laughs) i want to say it's 48 inches and she is 38 inches (laughs) wow what a match yeah i love it when parents give their kids uh, height and inches it just makes me happy for some reason <laughs> it's like age and months yep. yeah Marsha do you have a question that you want to ask um do I have a question I want to ask I guess I just have a lot of I th- I have a lot of respect and, and appreciation Becca for your willingness to um, do what you do and bring the kiddo along uh, because I think there are a lot of messages thrown at people that it's that it's not safe um, and it's not easy and it would be yes easier to just not do it um, and yes yeah and so cheers to not listening to any of that thank you when so when I first had Isabel I was like under this I strange idea strange now wasn't strange then that. Like, I would be able to go out and I would be able to hunt and do all these things. Like, I would have someone to be able to watch her, my husband, or maybe my mother-in-law. And then, like, she got here and she wanted to nurse all the time. And then she refused to take a bottle. She didn't want bottles. So, like, she always had to be with me. And I kind of felt like I was losing a part of myself because I wasn't out doing the things I love to do. And that's what ultimately led me to the decision to take her with me. And then... My husband's on the opposite schedule, so if I waited for him to be able to watch her, I would never be able to go. So, like, a lot went into my thought process before I made the decision, but I am, I have no regrets. Like, I'm really glad that I did make the decision to do, do it, and I started posting about it on social media in hopes that maybe I could help other parents who were sort of in the same situation. Like, we don't live close by to family. We're an hour from everyone at least an hour from everyone my family's states away 
Um, like not everyone has babysitters or the option of having their kids left at home with a parent, with other parents. So, I mean, I just want people to know that it is an option to take them with you. And it's not like this horrible, dangerous experience that people want to make it out to be. And going back to something you said earlier, it's obviously, it's not going to be the same as it was. Um, oh, exactly. it's going it's to be different, different but, <laughs> um, but it, so, but it's. Yeah, but it's still you have to I just, I've I've done a few articles on this and you have to make the decision if are you willing to sacrifice or like are you willing to give up the idea of definitely filling your tags to take your kid because if you are dead set on having to fill your tags then taking your kid is not going to be for you. Like you have to be okay with maybe not filling a tag at all that year and just, you know, getting out there for the experience and enjoying your time out there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if um, the thought that, cause you, I can see how that's necessary, yeah. right? You absolutely have to let go of that. Um, yeah. Like, yes. Mentally you have to like overcome that hurdle, mm-hmm. I guess, before you can. Uh, gosh, you know, parenthood is hard because <laughs> you have yeah. to make sure that they stay alive <laughs> and then you also have to that includes yeah. feeding them right so I'm just thinking for subsistence hunters uh for people who rely on game as um not only a healthy source of food but as an economical source of food um and obviously I think that component changes the game a little bit um I'm just curious what you if you have any thoughts about that so it's hard for me I know that everyone's situation is different. Everyone's kid is different. So like I see moms out there that their kids are fine with hunting in the ground blind and their kids are fine just napping or they bring their kids tablets to keep them occupied. Like I feel like there is a way if you are determined to get out there and continue to do what you love, you just have to adjust it a little bit to include your child. Like just because a specific way of hunting works for me with Isabella doesn't mean that it's going to work for someone else with their kid because their kid is going to be different and I'm going to be different. And you know what you hunt with also, like if you hunt with a gun or you hunt with a compound or a crossbow, it's going to, it's just going to be different. I feel like it's also important to remember it's going to be different season to season, right? Like as your kid yes, exactly. grows, yes. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. like my Charlie has changed so much, obviously, since she was born to now four months old. It's like, yes. I, you know, there are moments where we're like panicking, like, oh my gosh, we can't deal with this one <laughs> yeah. minute longer. And then it's over. Like, that yeah. is the thing she doesn't yeah, do anymore. Exactly. And then there's another thing that you can't do. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's right. Um, it's yes, so interesting. It never, it never stays, it never stays the same. It's always changing. It's always different. And you're always learning. I know I was going to say something, but I completely forgot. Okay. But but you Sorry. do always you do always need snacks. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the number one thing I say to bring when your kid's going with you because Isabella goes through the snacks. Whether it's the boob or goldfish, there needs to be yes. something there. <laughs> well, and I feel like it starts even before yes. that when you're pregnant and hunting in the field. Snacks are. <laughs> that's when the snacks. Yeah, start. they are. Like I always brought extra food and water how did you deal with diapers in the field um I would bring extra diaper and wipes but I never I was never in a situation where it was like 
sad. So <laughs> bad is in mega blowout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also, like I always tell people for deer hunting, you can't really worry too much about being sent for you if you have a kid in diapers because <laughs> there's nothing you can really do about it. So just play the wind as much as possible and like try and keep your scent down, but you can't really do anything about it. That's so I, true and funny, and I've never heard anybody ever talk about that before. <laughs> yeah, I have like I get so many messages on Instagram, emails to my Facebook page asking like parents just emailing me all these questions, and like I try to help as much as I can, but I mean everyone's different, so. I will say I'm I am a firm I'm firmly in the camp of scent is it way overemphasized when it comes to deer hunting? Like, oh, I 100% yep. agree. You it's need to play the wind full yep. stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's, yeah, I feel the same way sometimes about camouflage, right? Like play the wind yes. and move real slow. Yep. <laughs> I agree. 100%. And it, granted, this is yep. coming from the same person who like, if we're at a, on a walk in the park and somebody passes me, I smell their laundry detergent on them. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sensitive to scent anyway, but still. If you can smell it within a like a five foot radius without any wind, it's too much. There we go. Yep, That's I a agree. good yep. good rule. <laughs> diapers accepted. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Diapers diapers could reach beyond the five foot radius. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, so Be Becca, have, you have harvested a deer with Isabel, correct? Yes, I got one last year and I got one the year before. Can you could you tell us one or both of those stories? Because I would just love to hear hear about that. Yeah, I'll just try to make them a little shorter. So the first one, she was oh gosh, one year. Yeah, she was one. She just turned one, and it was actually Veterans Day. Is Veterans Day in November? I want to say I can, better and I say can. it was the holiday in November and I was hunting public land and the spot that I wanted to go, there were people parked there because it was a holiday. It was a Monday, but it was a holiday. So everybody was off. So I had to go somewhere else. It was super hot for November and I almost went home and I was walking in and I spooked a deer. I was like, oh, great. And I almost turned around again, but I just kept going. We did like a loop around the area that I was hunting and then I just headed back and that same I think it was the same deer was crossing the path again when I went back through and Isabel was asleep hmm. so I basically had to make the decision to either immediately shoot or not shoot so I shot and she didn't run very far and she was like right by my car right by my car <laughs> so I got her a field dress and Isabel was like sleeping for the whole thing until like I was trying to drag the deer back to the jeep Nice. Oh, awesome. this okay. This is the thing I was wondering about: is how do you pack out a deer when you have a baby <laughs> and backpack on you? So it's, it's not you easy. Just... And that was the biggest deer. That was a, easily the biggest doe I ever shot. But she's massive. And I, looking back at the pictures, I don't know how I did it, but I think it was because my husband had worked the night before. He was sleeping, and I didn't want to wake him up because I would feel bad. Because I don't remember. No, he didn't have to work that night but I just I felt like oh I can just do this myself and I ended up throwing out my back trying to get her in the back of the jeep and then she didn't fit and then oh, she said wow yeah I had to call my husband to bring the truck 
<laughs> but anyway, um, I always bring some rope, and I just put it around their head, and I drag them. Yeah. Do you tie the rope in, like, a, a harness, or do you just, like, pull, like wrap it? I, I tie it, like, into a circle, and then I loop it around her head, and then I have, like, sort of a handle. So that way I have a handle to grab onto. Because I've been looking at, um, I mean, most of the deer that I pull out of the woods, I like quarter and pack out um, because I'm at least a couple yeah, miles Yeah, most people in. do. But, yeah. but I think I try not to go that far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Especially with the kid. And I think um, yeah. especially, uh, um, I mean, just there's different types of hunting. And I've been looking at like these harnesses that you can strap around your shoulders and then they lock around your waist and then you can tie to them. So you're pulling it kind of like, um, I don't know, like a, like a weight yeah, builder pulling that. a tire <laughs> kind of thing where it's just the burden is then on your core instead of on your arms. And yeah. Have you ever used anything like that? Um, I haven't. So I've last, seen them though. they'd probably be really handy. Last year, I invented. I say invented. Someone else has done this, but um, the purse method. So if you shoot a deer small enough, aka a fawn, you can tie its feet together and just put it over your shoulder after you've mm-hmm. field dressed it and carry it out that way. Oh yeah, I've done antelope like that too. Oh, I bet. yeah. Okay, because they. Those antelope, I feel like, are deceptively light, probably because their chest cavity is like all lungs, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. and their hair's hollow. Ah, so, yeah. You don't have all that hair weight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hides are heavy when you take them off, but I think that's because of the skin. Yeah. Also, okay. In Ohio, like where I live, it's there's not that many hills. So I mean, there's some hills, but not like mountains where like where I grew up so it's not as difficult to get something out mm-hmm. how frustrated were you when you did all of that work to get it into the jeep and then still had to call your husband for the truck <laughs> yeah I was I, I was convinced that I would be able to get it in there and all of a sudden you picture I couldn't I got her in there but I couldn't shut the hatch yeah and actually last year my husband got me a cargo carrier that I could put on the back, and it's amazing. Nice. Like last year when I got my deer, I basically like I only had to lift her a couple inches, and then roll her onto the cargo carrier. Nice. Awesome! It's like the best invention ever. I've been thinking about so I I drive a CRV, which is it's that's just another reason why I usually quarter my animals because it's really hard to throw <laughs> a deer in the back of a CRV. But I was wondering yes. if I could get something like that. Um, yes, highly yeah. recommend. Highly okay. recommend. I actually have it. I have a truck now. But I put it on the truck, too, so I don't have to lift it all the way up to the tailgate if I get one. People yeah. are probably going to go, wow, that's really stupid. She has a cargo carrier on a pickup truck. But it's going to save my butt if I shoot one. Yep. Yeah. And your no, back. I, and your back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you tell us about the other deer as well? Yes. Um, so that was last year. It was actually also November, but I felt more accomplished because it was earlier in November. So I got the deer earlier in the season. And it was a little bit chillier and we were just walking along and we jumped a bunch of does bedded down and I just kind of stood there and they all ran away. And then another one stood up that I hadn't seen. She just stood there for a minute and she looked towards where the other deer were going. And then I had to make that decision again, like this split, split second decision, like either you shoot or you don't, but you have no, like do it now. So I shot 
and she didn't go that far either. And I was thankfully I was also close to my truck, so it wasn't as bad dragging her out. And she was good size, but she wasn't as big as the one from the year before. Mm -hmm. Wow. Was Isabella awake when you shot her or asleep? She was like half awake in her pack. I don't think she actually she saw when the deer ran, like when I shot it and the deer ran, she saw. Mm -hmm. Sure. But this year, like she sees everything. Like her eyes are like she's like better than me at spotting things. So like I don't know how it's gonna be. Are we gonna see your deer? And then she starts screaming that there's a deer there. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Time <laughs> will tell. We have to be quiet. Then she'll be quiet, but I don't know. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this the season goes. It'll be fun. My my cousin, um he's a he's an avid hunter and his oldest son was born like opening weekend um and so it became this tradition where he like he would just take his kid out with him opening weekend um archery Aww, hunting that's yeah awesome. it's super sweet but i remember him telling a story once and i would have to revisit it to see how effective it was but it was at that stage where yeah the kid was noticing everything and commenting on everything and so he goes, yeah. i i gave him a tootsie pop and that lasted about an hour <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Long might be awesome right i always say when you're going around when you're walking with your kid in the woods keep snacks in your pocket for like the opportune moment where you need them to just be quiet because that really works mm -hmm. words of wisdom okay this i could make this podcast episode like six hours long but we've got a we've got to respect becca's time here um well we're going to take a quick break to hear from the nwf outdoors podcast we'll be right back a life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. So we're going to do our weekly closer, which is hits and misses. Um, so it's what have you been aiming for and how did it go? Um, Marsha, do you want to start us off? I do, because I'm super excited about this. So um, this past weekend, um, I had the pleasure of meeting Courtney Bastian for the first time, who is her Upland podcast, Bird Dog Babe, um, Courtney. And she and um, Artemis worked with Project Upland to host a forest grouse camp weekend. And so I went out and was able to spend all day Friday with them. And it was this, uh, it was, there were 14 women there. Um, and Courtney just had this great event full of like shooting practice and ethics and conservation and um, canine care in the field and just jam packed. And then Saturday and Sunday they were in the field hunting uh, and they were able to bring their, their dogs with them. So there were like, 20 dogs there it was heaven um, Whoa, it was so awesome. it was so much fun and it was so great to meet such um, amazing women uh, and see them in the field and Hannah, Hannah Nicanow was there Hannah Leonard from Sporting Lead Free was there um, and I made some bear curry and pulled elk for dinner for us Friday night uh, oh my gosh and yeah it was just a real good time um, and it was great to collaborate with Project Upland on that event awesome yeah yeah huge hit right there um, okay so I have been 
vaguely abing at trying to go hunting this fall. <laughs> um, I have some, I have plans for the future, but this morning in the yard, just walking around with a pellet rifle, trying to shoot a squirrel was very invigorating. Um, mm. And so I didn't get a squirrel because they are omnipotent in my opinion. Um, but <laughs> the fact that I got to go hunting was, was a hit for me. Yeah, that's good. So, Becca, what about you? What have you been aiming for? And what has Isabella been aiming for? There we go. <laughs> well, we have been aiming for deer, but that hasn't happened yet. We're only three days into the season, or four days into the season, because it opened on Saturday. So I'm hoping that we can uh, get a deer third year in a row together. That would be really awesome. That'd be fun. That would be super awesome. Well, here's to hoping for that. Uh, Becca, I know you're on in <laughs> I know you're on Instagram. Where how can people yeah. find you on there? Um, it's just Becca Garris, B-E-K-A-G-A-R-R-I-S. And I'm also on Facebook, the same the same name. Cool. Okay. We can we can put those links in our show notes as well. Thanks for joining us on the Artemis podcast. We hope you are having a great week. Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside, especially with kids. <laughs> awesome. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.